Welcome to the Off Ramps podcast. I'm your host and co-founder of the Off Ramp, Kristen. We know what it's like to feel helpless when faced with the magnitude of the world's problems. You want to do something about it, but don't know how or where to start. Well, that's why we're here. At the Off Ramp, our goal is twofold. First, to keep you informed about the ongoings in immigration, migration, and global affairs. And second, to connect you with opportunities to make a real difference in the lives of forcibly displaced people both near and far. Practical and positive change is possible. Let's work together to make it happen. Hi everyone, we are back for what we think will be a brief episode of the Off-Ramp podcast. And by we, I mean me, Kristen, and my mom, Nell. We have had some big stuff happen at uh, the Off-Ramp in the past, I don't know what, week or 10 days? Yeah, yeah. It kind of started as we were leaving um, our time in South Carolina. Um, I mean, as many people know, um, a lot of our refugees began to suffer with um, the changes that occurred in our economy because of the pandemic. Uh, I want to be really clear. We know they're not suffering any more than others, right? Um, we, we understand that this pandemic has been a, uh, a, an overwhelming challenge to so many people, um, but particularly those who are already in fragile situations and who are already um, economically uh, maybe not as stable as they would they would like to be. And so we got word that um, our head tailor, um, that his, his wife had leukemia. I've known for a while that she's been um, in and out of doctor's offices and hadn't been feeling good. And a real clue for me that something was really going on was um, Eid was about a month ago and, or maybe a couple of months ago, and um, they had no celebration. Now that's, that's just not normal, right? There's no food, there's no cooking, there's no celebrating. And that let me know um, that she was really not feeling well. Yeah. Why don't you explain to people what Eid is for those who don't? Uh, you know, there's a couple of holidays that, that come along um, on the Muslim calendar that are really big holidays. Um, one of them is at the end of Ramadan. Um, and then the other one is when they um, celebrate um, what um, they believe to be the sparing of Ishmael's life when Abraham was asked by God to um, sacrifice Ishmael. Um, we understand that there are other faith traditions that don't believe it was Ishmael, but for them, and so it's a, it's a big celebration. And um, for those who, who know Middle Eastern culture and North African culture, um, not unlike our Christmas or Thanksgiving, holidays are celebrated with feasting and food and a lot of times new clothes and gifts for children. It's, it's just a very, a uh, very big deal. And as I said, um, uh, she had not been feeling well and, uh, we had gone by to pick up face masks. And so we said, how was Eid? And, uh, he said, you know, we didn't, we didn't celebrate because she wasn't feeling well. So this is, this is, we've known something was going on for a while. Um, you know, one of our goals at, uh, Threads by Nomad and at the off-ramp has been all along that we would be able to, uh, pay not just a fair wage, but a sustainable, a living wage 
Um, and we, we had not gotten there completely. We, we pay above what is a fair wage for the industry, but we had not gotten to a sustainable wage and we had not gotten to a point where we could pay um, all the benefits. And so while they did have insurance, um, it, it's not a great insurance. And so uh, this, this left them not only obviously scared and worried for her health, um, but also everybody knows what's involved in um, treating cancer. It's, uh, it's an expensive process, right? Especially you may be in Houston and in, you know, one of the most amazing um, cancer treatment research centers of the world. But if, if, you know, the money's not there to pay for doctors and treatments and stuff, um, it can be, it can be challenging. So that kind of began and we hit the, when we got back from, um, from the East coast, uh, we began immediately um, trying to help and deal with that as, as best we could. There are many things and uh, possibilities for um, access to um, inexpensive health care here in Houston. But I was absolutely shocked at how very difficult it is to get entered into that process. Um, it's not a piece of cake. And so to get them connected to doctors and connected to clinics and you know, um, connected to free services. I mean, it has proven challenging for me. And I'm an American. I, I should know our system, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole host of reasons it's that much more difficult for... Well, and that was part of the challenge. He would, you know, they would come back from the doctor and we would be saying, okay, what's wrong? Was it? And it would be, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because it's obvious that while there's been a conversation and while there's been uh, medical care that they've not necessarily followed everything that that's been going on. Um, so, you know, we began to say, okay, well, what can we realistically do? And by this time, the, the bills are beginning to, um, to mount up. Let me talk just a little bit about um, the, the philosophy we have here at the off ramp and why we've made some of the decisions that we've made. We believe in an asset based approach which basically means we do not have all of the answers and we do not have all that is needed to take care of any one particular situation. Nor do we believe that it is our place to say, we are the helpers and you are the person in need and we're just gonna come and we're just gonna give you everything you need. We believe that everybody comes to the table with something to offer and we also believe um, that every community as a community um, has a safety, has a series of safety nets um, and has various resources that they can offer. So when we come to a situation, we try to bring everything to the table and we try to say, okay, what's here and what can we do? So we made the choice at the off ramp early on um, that we were not necessarily going to be somebody who um, helped with certain ongoing uh, needs, such as I need my rent paid this month or I have an electric bill. Rather, what we said was, wait, let's figure out a way to help you get economically stable so that you can pay the rent, so that you can pay the electric bill versus constantly needing help in those areas. Um, and and it's, it's, it's proven to be a great strategy. I was, um, I, I was, I was touched, encouraged, and blessed the other day when I did an interview um, with one of the folks who we've been working with. And uh, in the interview, I, I said, you know, so tell me, you know, tell me what's different 
Um, and what, what has Threads by Nomad and the off-ramp been able to do for you? Um, and the response was, I was low wage, and now I'm a higher wage. I was in a small place, and now I'm in a house. Um, and, and I, you know, that, that was encouraging to me. But, but when you are already at that edge, right? This is somebody who is very much at the edge, low wage earner, entering a cycle of poverty, hardly able to move far, farther ahead. Um, and then, you know, we're able to do things and, and they're able to kind of go, okay, I'm getting ahead here a little bit. I'm a little bit more stable. Well, and then pandemic hits and like everybody else, a loss of wages. Um, one of our families, uh, the, the, the sons lost their jobs. Another family, son and daughter lost their job. Uh, we had another family that, that she was able to keep one part-time job, but lost another. And I mean, and just across the board in one way or another, um, a financial loss. And so you begin to feel that nervousness of, am I going to be able to pay the rent? Am I going to be able to pay the bills? Um, because while you might be doing a little bit better, you're not yet to that point of economic stability where the bank account can take a hit of a few months. Yeah. Um, and, and still, you know, as you know, um, Kristen, we were able to do things like face masks and, um, some contract work and things like that, that we were able to still help folks, um, kind of keep up. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the face masks have tapered off, um, and we're not producing them in the thousands like we were. Um, and we were trying to reopen the studio just a little bit. As you know, the pandemic got worse here in Houston and we had to pull back and we had to say, okay, well, we're, we're going to have to, um, you know, scale back again. Um, so again, there was a great reduction in, in hours for some of the folks who do things for us. When you have all of that and then boom, all of a sudden cancer, you know, the big C. People are so afraid of that, right? Um, not only what it means for uh, the, the health, well-being, and life of your loved one, but just the overwhelming bills. So Hyder came to the off-ramp, came to you, and said, you know, I need help. I, the money, the cost is too high. They're presenting us with all of these bills. I'm afraid for my wife's life can can you help i think he asked you can can the church help what did you answer um in that moment and and tell our listeners a little bit about what the off-ramp has been able to do since then uh, well the question actually came um actually came to to papa to your father oh. um um and uh, butch were working on something together i was not there and i don't remember exactly what they were doing might've been loading the truck or something like that for um, one, of our, um, one of our outdoor markets. I don't remember, but um, uh, you know, Butch was asking him, how are things going? How's your wife? And you know, and, and Hyder began to share with him. And, and as, as Butch was walking off, um, Hyder says, um, Butch, can the church help? Um, you know, and, and we don't ever make split second decisions like that. Right. Um, but our instinct is to know our community and to know 
the people who engage with us. And so, um, you know, so Butch told him, said, well, we're going to, we're going to look into it. We'll see what we can see, what we can do. And came home and told me about it. And, you know, then we began thinking, well, what can we do? Um, Threads did not have work for him at that time. Uh, We've had a little bit for him this last week, but certainly not enough to keep him going. And, and so that's when we decided to create an emergency relief fund. Uh, let me explain. This is a little bit different than some other funds. This is not, um, hey, we're going to pay the rent this month because you don't have quite the income coming in. Rather, the way we've described this is when you are in crisis and crisis comes up on crisis. Mm-hmm. And there's really no way um, to, to get around this. Now, mind you, we're still looking for all of the resources um, in his particular case that we, we can possibly find where, you know, maybe we can get them into a free clinic or, you know, find a doctor that would, you know, uh, treat for just the cost of what insurance will pay, that kind of thing. Um, but, but then when you have crisis up on crisis, um, we acknowledge that sometimes there's just a need for some relief there. Um, we got another phone call, uh, another one of the people we're connected with um, going in for uh, breast biopsies with possible um, cancer. And again, family that has lost work, right, um, during this pandemic. Um, so that's, that's kind of how we've decided to handle it. We've only just got going. Um, so, you know, we'll see where this takes us. Yeah. Yeah, it was a step in a new direction for the off-ramp. Because like you said, up until this point, we really have chosen to invest in people's talents and skills so that they can um, support themselves in the long run. We do engage in crisis intervention. And if you go to our website, that that is one of our, our areas that we address. Um, but we are very cognizant of the fact that even when you're in crisis, there are many resources that might be available all around us. And so it doesn't necessarily translate into, you know, let me, uh, let me just give you some money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, let's say, for instance, um, you're a victim of human trafficking and um, you, you've been, you know, you've been, uh, you've been able to get out of your trafficking and away from your trafficker. And now you're in a place where you need some healing and maybe you need to get set up in an apartment. Well, we have people in that, when you're in that moment of crisis and you need to find some place, we have people that we can go to that says, Hey, we're in need of an apartment. We're in need of some furniture. We're in need of, you know, uh, filling a pantry and we can help make those kinds of things happen. Or, um, you know, you know, we've done quite a bit of work on the border and the crisis situation that's on the border. And we can help with some, with some food and, um, and, and with trafficking awareness type things. And so we do do crisis intervention, but we try to stop short of we're going to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why this is, um, for us, a little bit of a different step. Um, and um, again, trying to ascertain when a family is in crisis upon crisis and the pandemic is a crisis. It's a terrible economic crisis. And um, when you have a diagnosis like this, it can add crisis 
upon crisis. Yeah. So how can people support our emergency relief fund and what types of people will that fund support exactly? Can you be more specific as to how those funds will be doled out and how they'll be used? So we are still very focused on displaced people or people who are in danger of displacement. Um, you and I have had a couple of conversations about a seminary that's in Mexico that right now that's reaching out to some indigenous people who are very much in danger of displacement. You know, they've had a complete loss of income. Mm -hmm. um, and particularly the children. Um, children are not in school and parents are trying to find work. And so here they are wandering around and that, that makes them prime target for um, becoming victims of human trafficking or being displaced, parents displaced because they're off looking for work. Maybe mom goes off to try to find a farm that she can work on. She's in danger of being labor trafficked. So we still are very focused on the situations where people are already displaced, such as refugees, immigrants, asylum seekers, victims of human trafficking, or are in danger of displacement. So if you come to, you fall into one of those, uh, you know, uh, one of those areas and you come to us with a situation, then, then we're going to evaluate that situation and we're going to evaluate um, what resources might we be able to access um, and what, uh, you know, what things might, can we do? So for example, the seminary we're talking about, it wasn't necessarily immediately, oh, hey, we're just going to take care of this for you. What we said was, hey, let's help get you some visibility, right? Let's help maybe do a fundraiser. Let's help uh, people understand who you are and what you're about. So there are many things that you can do. But when you're in a situation of you've got uh, to pay a medical bill, you've got 50 children sitting in your building and you have no food and you need to feed them, um, then yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna look and evaluate the situation and see if we can, um, use our emergency relief fund to, to help. Mm -hmm. We are so grateful, let me say, we have already had so many that have contributed and we are, we are very, very, very grateful. Um, I don't know how long uh, the current crisis is gonna go on, the pandemic, but I expect we're gonna see people in crisis for the next few months. So if, um, if the things we've talked about today is something that you think, um, yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to be a part of this. I, I want to be a part of being a change maker in this particular situation. Then you just go to our website and you know, the give and donate is just right there. It's very clear. And then we just have a place where you can put and designate that you want your contribution to go to the emergency relief fund. It's just that simple. Awesome. We will plan on giving people regular updates as to the types of things that this fund is being used for. We will certainly catch you guys up on Hyder's situation and on his wife's health as soon as we know more. Um, just because we do have this platform, if anyone is in the Houston area and listening to this and has resources that they might be willing to share with Hyder and his family in order to get them the medical care that they so desperately need right, that, um, right now, then please 
reach out to us and let us know. For folks who haven't had a chance to listen to it, maybe go back and listen to the podcast that we did with uh, Missy Angala from, um, from Uganda and the situation that they, um, they're experiencing there. But one of the things that Missy brings out is, for their community is a lack of safety net, mm-hmm. a, a lack of, a lack of a, a, an ability to just, okay, one day we have an income and the next day, not only do we not have an income, but there's no food available. Um, and just how that presents a completely different crisis than what we might experience. For those of us who, um, who, you know, we've had a long enough career and we've had uh, job security to the point that we've got a savings account, right? Um, or or we we do have medical good medical insurance um or or maybe we already own our home and so we're not in danger of being you know evicted i mean there's many things that perhaps have created safety nets for us that not everybody experiences and and so that's the that's the reason for a need for this when that when there's no safety net um having having a way to lend aid at that time. I was talking to a friend in Kenya and he teaches at the international school there and he and his wife do quite well for themselves. And they have a guard as is very common in that part of the world. And they chose to keep their guard um, employed throughout the pandemic because he you know, went to him one day and said, okay, you know, we're trying to consider our options and we want you to stay safe. And, and his, his guard told him, he said, you know, the day I don't come to work is the day my children don't get fed. And so Francis decided right then and there that that was more important to him than, um, than maybe taking extra precautions for the pandemic. And, and that put it very much into perspective for me personally. Just I've struggled in all of this, as I, as I said, many, most of us have but I haven't worried about putting food on my table. I haven't worried that I'm not going to be able to provide medical care for a loved one. I haven't worried, you know, I don't have children wandering into my home because they have nowhere else to go and they don't have food. And um, I'm very grateful to you for having this idea. And I'm like you said, I'm really grateful to the people who have already contributed. And I, I hope we can help in many, many more ways, but. Well, it's not all gloom and doom. Uh, you know, we, we count it a privilege to be able to walk with people through these types of crises. Yes. Um, and even in the midst of all of this, I continue to get phone calls and requests of people who have ideas, who, who are already thinking when this is over, what can I do? How can I build life for myself? What kind of business can I start? I have these skills. How can I use them? Um, there, there's much, much happening in our world that's encouraging. Um, I was on a phone call last night um, with uh, a business coach and uh, one thing I said to her several times was, well, we've got to look for the silver linings. Mm-hmm. And so the silver lining for me is that people are still trying to move ahead. They're still trying to build their lives. They've not just given up. They've not thrown their hands up and, and given over to, to, to gloom and despair. And for that, I'm, I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. 
I, as you know, often ask at the end of these episodes where people find the hope. And as I've been thinking about it and preparing for this episode, for me, where I find the hope is that Hyder came to you guys, came to us, came to the off-ramp, that he had a place to say, um, I need help. And that he, he felt comfortable asking for it. And that just goes to show the power of relationship um, and, and the importance of what we do. And I, I have been encouraged by that. He, he has a support system. I, I would completely agree. It wasn't until you just said that that I thought, oh, wait a minute. We were a safety net, right? <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's, that's encouraging and, and that is hopeful. I, I will say this too. Um, where, where I've seen the hope has been the number of people who genuinely care. They followed us now these last four years, followed the off-ramp these last couple of years. And as soon as we began talking about some of the emergency needs that were out there, people thought, oh, wow, okay, I, I, want, to, I want to be engaged in this. I want to be a change maker in this. Um, that was such an encouragement to me. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good. It's a lot of good. Isn't that what Cynthia Alds from uh, from the Coalition to Combat Human Trafficking, isn't that one of her favorite things to say? COVID can't stop the good. <laughs> no, I've been using that and attributing it to her, but using it in a lot of our social media posts because it it's true. COVID can't stop the good. So on that note, I am going to encourage all of you, if you feel so led, to visit theofframp.org. Click on the Give button in the top right-hand corner and donate to our emergency relief fund if these are the types of things that you would like to be involved in. Um, we're very grateful for every single one of you who has already done it. And for those of you who pray for us and encourage us by email and like our posts on social media and um, all of that contributes to what we do. So thank you all and we will talk to you very soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Off Ramps podcast. If you were inspired to act during this conversation, you can find us and learn more at theofframp.org or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Helplessness and hopelessness do not have to define your future or the world's. Become a change maker today.